Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Watch, episode 27. I'm your host, Cameron Shustarn. With me hosting is... I am Brandon from Apollo City Comics. This is not a monthly themed episode. This is instead the bridge from one season to another, from one volume to another, from one yes. year to another. Man, that's crazy. This is literally the end of the year thing. And I feel like, you know, this is the, you know, I do I do two shows. I do this and I do Apollo City. And I feel like the way we like, you know, Apollo is very kind of fluid. Like, you know, we, we try, we do weekly consistent episodes every Thursday. But sometimes, you know, we just get messy and things fall apart. And, you know, you don't get to like catch up as much as you want to. And I mean, weekly episodes is pretty tough. By the yeah, way. Try, so yeah, don't you don't have to tell yeah, me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Both of us do it, and it's like that's that's a lot of content to you know for a lot of time put into that. But um, you know, the way we structured out this show was so awesome, and the fact that we even got to cram in one more at the end of the year, just being like, hey, let's just top it off. We've been so so on it, and I mean, bringing back the bond that you know held everything together. Recovering from Russia with love today. Um, yeah, probably, sh- I feel like, I don't know. I feel it's like maybe because there was a video game and stuff like that. But like, I feel like it's the most iconically known. Um, of the Sean Connery sh- movies? Of the Sean Connery ones, I feel like. I think it's one of the two. Uh, the other being Goldfinger, probably. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Which is funny because I haven't seen Goldfinger. Like, even just as like a regular growing up bond fan i've never watched uh goldfinger before. you really i'm trying so hard not to say like one of the main lines from that movie that's just like so iconic and it's just like oh, i gotta hold it in for two months because we'll be actually recording and talking about it in february i know but th- that's uh, a the whole the thing yeah which we have sort of another episode that's gonna come out but it's not gonna be uh about a specific movie it's more like our it's like you know when dc and marvel come out with uh, their preview catalog for like the month of the quarter and they're like hey here's all the titles coming in it's kind of like our solicitation mm-hmm. issue that shows everything that's what our uh our next episode will be which will oh yes probably yeah. come out like right after the it'll it'll be a very short duration because it'll be that and then our january theme will come in which we'll talk about in that episode but yeah. we didn't want it to overshadow or increase the the size of uh, this episode and this yeah. film. Russia's big. Russia, Russia's <laughs> big, especially in the winter and you're trying to get in there and they go, well, we burnt all our crops. You can't have it. Um, we're going to throw everything we have at you. And if our guy dies with the rifle, our guy with the uh, magazine will pick up the rifle and put the magazine in and continue on. So that's a whole thing. Viva Stalingrad is the uh, Russians say, <laughs> I think, so right? I think that's how that goes. In this. Um, so, okay. Have you seen this one before? You've seen all of them, haven't you? Or am I, I've I seen all of them except for that unknown, like, 70s or 80s Sean okay. Connery one that was, like, unassociated with everything that, that, else that I learned non-eon. about. Yeah, the non-eon film. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd seen this one for the first time probably like at the beginning of COVID sometime in 2020. Um, I want to say like that summer when I was watching, that's when I last saw like GoldenEye and all that stuff too. Um, but this is one of the ones I chose. And <laughs> this movie, I don't know. I guess it's because we've seen so many Bonds recently. Like I don't think I like the Sean Connery James Bond anymore. Like, you got to be mind. <laughs> I'm full of clash. I make sure everyone knows what I can do. It is, it's too much for me at this point. Like, it's just, there's moments where I'm just like seeing what he does. I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Like, no wonder people like, you know, just don't like James Bond. I get it now. Like as an adult kind of realizing what I'm watching, it's kind of just like, this is, this is bad. They just don't know what's good for them. (laughs) Straight up, dude. Oh my gosh. It was, it was an experience for sure. Um, there was some interesting stuff. So this is the second Bond film. Yeah, this 1963. 1963. This is after... Uh, Dr. No. Dr. No, which is interesting because the book order... Um, 
from Russia, uh, from Russia with Love comes out in whatever ni- 1957, and then 1958, Doctor No comes out. So it's kind of huh. like one of those funny like flip things. Um, but they had a bigger budget. Um, Wait, when the, the book came out, the movie came out. Is that what you're saying, or are you saying like no, like like uh, in the movie order, it's Doctor No, and then From Russia with Love, and in the book order, it's From Russia with Love, and then Doctor No. Oh. Yeah, which is funny because in the beginning of Doctor uh, in From Russia, uh, you see Bond at the lake with the the woman there, and she's mentioning yeah. like, "Oh, you were off in Jamaica doing the Doctor No stuff." Mm-hmm. So that's very... and they mentioned Doctor No in this one too. They're just yes. like, they took out you took out the last agent, Doctor No, and you're like, "Oh, name drop." Um, but yeah, this was the fifth Bond book. Also, that is. Interesting. That's very yeah. Wait, wait, so okay, can you tell me just the first five, the order of the first five? The order of the first five. It's Casino Royale. Okay. Live and Let Die. What the fuck? Wait, what? Wait, (laughs) the Beatles weren't even around yet. How is that possible? (laughs) And then Moonraker, Diamonds Are Forever, From Russia with Love, uh, Doctor No, and then Goldfinger. It's such a trip, you know what I mean? Like it's a total shuffle deck type of thing. I feel like my mind just tripped over itself when you said that. I'm like yeah. literally like hearing all these Roger Moore movies that come out way later than Sean Connery's, and I'm yeah. like, how? What? It's That's just crazy. One of those bizarre things that just I guess that was the decisions they were making. You know, like that's what they chose. Um, it being the second Bond movie, it also was the. This is like the beginning of like continuity in the bond films like because they kind of reference dr no and everything so there's kind of some hints in that sense um had the same director as dr no um and they had a way bigger budget because they were just like let's do a bond movie every year now (laughs) it was called duty before it was cool yeah (laughs) yeah terrence young by the way was the director and uh writers were uh were once again richard maybaum uh joanna harwood and uh yeah those two pretty much hmm. so what do you think of the the main title song uh, i i loved the uh vocals especially i would say that's probably my favorite part considering there weren't any um it, it was very interesting listening to the beginning because it's it's like you have dr no there is no intro the closest you get to it is three guys in jamaica going like three blind mice and they fucking yeah. murder a guy and you're just like oh, oh okay this yeah. one you can kind of see the fledgling of the bond intro the fabled bond intro that we all know and love this one's like oh we, there's no real animation yet it's like there's color uh typography for mm-hmm. the credits you have actual like kind of like video of women in it or photos. I'm not really sure which one it was that they inserted into it. And that's about it. You have like some music, but it's not really anything of a special theme because it just goes into the classic Bond music right after where it's like, dun-a, dun-a, yeah. and you're just kind of like, oh, okay. So we're not there yet. We're, we're still not there. It's, it's like kind of, they're learning. They're like, okay, we can kind of put music in the middle. And then like, what if we made these colors on the letters? Oh, that's so interesting. And what if there's a naked woman on there too? Oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of neat. And it's like, you know, looking to what comes next, you're like, they're getting there, which I will say guys, like, and you'll find out too. The first film that has like the iconic type of bond intro will be Goldfinger. It is the third film. Uh, in which we'll see all that. So that'll be an exciting change. And then from then on, from Goldfinger to now, No Time to Die is when you're going to get all the good shit. So, Well, it's so cool how like you into that you were because that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Um, that intro and that clip, like the intro scene, and yeah. then it goes into the theme song, that was an accident. Wait, which, which, wait, which portion was the accident? All of it. Like they... Uh, are you talking about the fact that they have like a start, then the yeah. cre- then the intro, yeah. and then the they, rest the, of the movie? There was some uh, conflicts with the filming schedule, and they did that pre-title scene because they got to film at night, and they just kind of had that scene um, kind of ready to go. 
And a lot of this was like filmed out of order and it's kind of like they kind of piece stuff together and they decided to put that scene in before and just kind of make that title credit scene. And that was, that's the beginning of the pre-title, you know, not, not the iconic, you know, bond cemented one that we kind of have now. Yeah. But this is the start like of that, of that order of that that's like intro scene. And then you go into the theme song and then you start the story and everything. And we, we uh, do see like, cause the only time we've seen that, I guess like, that we couldn't really peg when that starts yet because, you know, we didn't see that in Dr. No, but we saw that in the second film we covered, which was on Her Majesty's Secret Service when, you know, yeah. he's like, I bet the other guy didn't have to deal with this. And then they're like, bum, 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 duh, duh, yeah. and then you get into it. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I, I, I definitely say that's a very, that's very interesting. It's right? very interesting. I yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, It was just a total, they did just crazy conflicts with the filming schedule. Like all sorts of stuff happened on the set of this film and they thought it was going to flop. They thought it was just going to, not do good after like seeing the footage and having to do stuff like for example okay right after that um title scene i think that's when we meet uh what's her name what's the oh the russian agent yeah the older lady oh oh uh rosa kib rosa yeah so when you watch that scene dude when she is approaching aka number three yeah, number yeah. three. It reminds me of the, that show, The Prisoner. Um, I was thinking of Kids Next Door. Ah, that's like The Prisoner, too. We gotta <laughs> talk about The Prisoner. Um, <laughs> and uh, another 70s show. It's super dope. But watch it. Try to rewatch, or if you could remember it. But when she's approaching that fishbowl, that is the film being reversed. And then the same exact clip of her walking away from it plays right after that. Like they had to reuse some stuff to because there was some stuff with the dialogue that was just all over the place and they had to move some stuff around to make more sense. And they were constantly doing rewrites over the script, like even the day before filming and everything. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I learned something about at least uh for Tatiana, uh the actor Daniela Bianchi or Bianchi. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, but this is hilarious. I mean, it's, it's it's funny, but it's also fucked up as hell. It's so Terrence Terrence Young, the director, mm-hmm. disliked Daniela Bianchi's legs and used a stand-in for the scene where Bond spies on the Russian embassy in Istanbul with a periscope. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, her and the two Gypsy girls; those were like. Uh, not fashion models, but they were like they were all three winners of like Miss Universe. Like they were really, pageant, yeah, they were pageant. Um, I don't know what they're, I don't know what it's called. I can't even recall that title. Like, what does it do when you do pageants? Um, for Miss Alabama, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't sure. know what, <laughs> but they were all like Miss Universe, like girls, and I mean that's kind of how they got the job. They were just gorgeous. Like that was that was the requirement for um for everything back then. And yeah, so I mean, no wonder. Okay. Yeah, kind of makes some sense there too. Makes a lot of sense now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and man, what else? Uh, Ian Fleming was still alive. This was this his was last film that he got to see. Yeah. Which is yeah, crazy because you think about it and you're like, oh, I, I honestly thought. I guess I was, you know, I, I didn't really realize how old he was at this point. I honestly thought he probably was alive for Roger Moore's movies. Dude, I, I thought he would have died in like the 90s or like recently. Just something I wasn't aware of, you know, because he was what, 50, like four or something when he died of heart failure. Yeah. And so I just he was young no matter what. He could have gone on another 30, possibly 40 years, you know, with that bond money for his health and everything at that. And he could have probably potentially wrote more books. I don't know. Oh, if, yeah, maybe. Or is that like, because uh, wasn't it like his short stories were, were those like the end of what he wanted to do? Or did he sure. have more I ideas, do you that. think? Right? I'm going to look back into that. I'm very that curious now, he... thinking about that. I, I haven't looked too much into his death. I really learned a lot about his his upbringing and his influence to write the books and all that and his Jamaican Island. They should get his version of Christopher Tolkien to go and like yeah. finish his books and just have a bunch more. Yeah. Or like, be like Frank yeah. Herbert for Dune, his son took them all over and everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then they're just like, these aren't ending ever. Yeah. Forever. So there you go. Keep going. But we need a sand was... president in every, in every book. Give me a sandman, a sandworm president. <laughs> 
I'm gonna tell you. When I read them, I'm going to tell you how good they are. We'll find out, comrade. Um, <laughs> but what was I going to say? So they actually did film on location for a lot of this in this in Istanbul. 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 Yeah, there you go. My friend Eric was just there for like a month. He was just like, dude, it's crazy how awesome it is here. But the there was a lot of issues like during the train sequences when they had a film, there would be thousands of people, people just mm. trying to crowd and check out stuff. And literally in order to shoot one of the scenes with Sean Connery in it, they, the stunt guy like went across the street and he had to distract like all those people. He like did something and started just, like screaming for help. Like his life was in danger. And then they were just like, let's start filming. Cause all the people's oh attention my God. was drawn over there. Yeah. I was hoping yeah. you'd say there was like a, they just did like the Raiders of the Lost Ark chase where marion's in the basket and oh they're just gosh. doing all that and then a dude comes out with a sword and he's like ha 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 and just shoot him like yeah. that would have been <laughs> a great distraction i think but it was okay. you know i i think behind the scene wise um the only other thing i could really think of and this is jumping forward in the movie but the helicopter uh at the very end oh so well first off sean connery did a bunch of his own stunts like the fight scene and the train and even the helicopter stuff where he had to like jump out of the way, like in a split second, you know, that was all him doing his own stunts. I think he only had a, a stunt guy for like just various stuff or for like things that they just couldn't pull off or were just too risky. But like even the helicopter scene, that's all Sean Connery, which is dope. But I don't know. I don't really get what happened, but like, I know the, the pilot of the helicopter, you know, turned the, the copter like 90 degrees so it's kind of an on its side oh. and then it just went down and into the ocean i guess he was just trying to get a cool angle or something and help them out but it went into the ocean so then when it hit the water the propeller it hits the water and they break off and then the the copter starts to sink like you know 40 50 feet underwater and then they had to go and like just you know strip down and just like jump into the water and try to like break open the copter uh, the bubble and get the guys out because their their lives were in danger. Much must be risked for the movie. Yeah. At any cost, yeah. apparently. Well, and I mean, even at risk at um, home slice that runs the whole thing in Turkey that his office gets blown up. Oh, oh dude, did you, <laughs> you found out about him that his, he was like dying. And yeah. He was filming this. Was well, that this was Pedro or Armand. Daddy's, I believe. Yeah. And you know, uh, so it says here he got cancer during the filming of the film The Conqueror in 1956. And he accepted the role to provide financial security for his wife. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of the film was altered for shooting because he was still physically, he wasn't like, or I guess the shoot they altered it in order to get him while he was still physically able to do his scenes. And then, uh, yeah. towards the end, like they had to switch with doubles and stuff a month after they finished his scenes, he shot himself in an LA hospital. What? Oh, I, I said I he shot himself that. in an LA hospital. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. 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 So that happened. Uh, as well i wow. guess that he was, was his really final popular film. like mexican um actor too he was like really well known they wanted him specifically because he was so like known at that time too yeah it's like yo you're a fantastic mexican actor want to be a turk yeah <laughs> but yeah. yeah that that happened dude that's isn't that crazy that is that's sad but it's that, also that's... it's crazy to think about how, probably how many films he did and he needed to do this to make sure his wife was taken care of. Like, what happened to the... Like, it makes you wonder, right? What happened to the rest? What happened to all the other stuff? Or what, did he even get that much? Like, how, how did that... It's very yeah. interesting to think about, I guess. Yeah, because I, I thought he was, like, a really popular guy, like, well off. I didn't really, I didn't really, really, I really realize that he was doing that for his wife. And it's like, it makes you think kind of like how much were actors paid back then versus how much they're paid now, where now, you know, they're obviously highly overpaid with money they don't need mm -hmm. compared to like potentially maybe what they were paid back then. 
Yeah. Uh, considering, like, what are you going to do with $97 million for, yeah. from, like, one film? What are you actually going to do with that? Like, that's... But we're not going to get into that. That's a whole yeah. thing. But... Oof. That's insane. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Um, I, I could I could save from some other stuff for later, but one thing I did want to point out, like, you know, we had some returning characters, of course. Sean Connery, which he did say this was his favorite of his films that he did for Bond, was oh, from nice. Russia with Love. I can't imagine why. But... He, I guess, it's, you know, you get all the Miss Universe models and stuff. I don't know. Um, he's back, of course. You have the same actor and actress for M and Money Penny, respectively. Yeah. And this is where we get our first appearance of Q, which, you know, we've talked about Q in the past before. And I've said it like multiple times, but he's like played by, um, what's his actor's name? I always forget. Uh, Desmond Lewin. Yeah, he looks so good in this movie too. Like, man, he was slick. That and it's guy. probably his shortest appearance. Like, he just kind of walks in, shows the stuff, walks right out compared to mm-hmm. like everything else. And in normal circumstances, you see Bond go to him. And yeah. he's sometimes in a lab with all these other people doing cool stuff. Or he just shows up and like does stuff. But uh, I don't think he goes to Bond until like the second Timothy Dalton movie. I could be wrong. Oh, and wow. I'll, I won't say why. You'll find out why when you get to it. I can't remember. Have you seen License to Kill? No, I haven't. No. Okay, yeah. So you'll find out when you get to it, but for sure for next uh, next June. But yeah, there's a there's a whole reason why he has to go to Bond, and it's very very fun, for oh, sure. Yeah. That's super cool. Uh, again, a character not in the book at all in any. Which other is novels. so interesting because Q, you know, if he's not in the book at all, the entire series, but yet his presence and what his role is in all the bond films like he's an iconic character yeah to the point where i think people know q more than they know m and money penny like i think he's probably the second most well-known character to bond at I least from so. bond staff besides he's, like he's certain so memorable villains. like he yeah. has so much charisma like he's he is the um and he's kind of like the punchline behind everything the jokes that he has and how goofy it is sometimes it's just he's the comic relief and it's he and that guy is just like i don't know man like it reminds me of my grandpa like when he was a little younger like just like spry and on top of it and just like hilarious like i don't know he has that i don't know that whole that vibe about him that just it it warms your heart and it's so sweet yeah and it's it's great too because he does a whole thing where he'll show the item to bond not in this movie because he's first introduced but you know shows the stuff to bond and bond does something where Q then proceeds to like shake his head and be like, "God damn it, Bond! Like, yeah, he, yeah. would you stop fucking around?" Like, Bond to... is like the little kid around him and everything, and he's yeah. It's their dynamic is perfect, I think. Um, you know, that's I was really thinking about it because you know, considering like how much I love Q in the movies and how much he does like for the films, I was like, I don't, I guess like I don't, I never really paid attention that like bond is just like given his stuff where he just really just has his beretta with him and he's not really using a lot of like fancy gadgets or anything it's really just a a, a film thing that they kind of brought on even more and more yeah which i did you say beretta bond uses a walter ppk what are you talking what are you talking about no doesn't he uses a beretta in the books Oh, in the in the books, he uses yeah. Walter PPK in the in the movies. Uh, he switches to the Walter after the Breda fails him, in one of the I want to say in Doctor No. Oh, when that's when he what does. Okay, he yeah. that's right. They do that. Remember, in the, yeah, uh, Doctor No. They they say not after last time Bond and all that yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. And yeah. they give him that, and it's like this. The Walter compared to the Breda is so freaking small. It's always funny because you look at Bond's gun. It's just like, it it's like that. It reminds me of that Dave Chappelle sketch where Dave gets all the money and everyone's like, that was the old price. This is the new price. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then like the guy, the each time he's like, what do you mean? They all pull out a gun or they just show it like under their shirt. And it's like, boom. And he's like, fine, fine. This white lawyer lifts his leg. And it's like one of those little ankle guns. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, what is that? Your sister's gun? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it was like, it's like that. When you look at the Walter PPK, you're like, what the fuck is that? It looks like I a bird's gun. And Bond even has to defend in the books. He was uh, just be like, well, if you shoot in the right spots, they'll be dead. You know what I mean? Like, he, he knows how to use it, and it's so quick for him. And I think it's, I don't know, it is kind of unique. It's just that tiny little, like, 
compared to like when you think of like American action hero, you're like a desert eagle, the thing that makes you have a, it's like the small that the Walter PPK, you're like boom. This one's yeah. like recoil where you fucking shoot it and then you hit yourself in the face after because yeah. you're just like, oh god. Yeah. Like the the guns that pack a punch now, it's crazy. Um, it's insane. And I think that's what's so classy about him too, is just he has the smaller gun. If it's like in his hand, it's quick to grab and he gets the safety off and he knows where to shoot and how to shoot it. And you know, having that down is just you know, that's what he trusts. I think that's you know and if it's in a suit, you know, he wants to look yeah. good. He doesn't want like an oversized cowboy gun or something, you know? No, for sure. Which it, it just goes to show I'm like when I look at it, I'm always judging, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm American, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, regarding the book real quick, this was one of the most accurate movies to the book in a few ways. Like the overall story, you know, is it's the same plot, all that type of stuff. It it does it is very well adapted from the book, and that's what they were really aiming for when they were writing it. And but it's weird, dude. The book is one of the longer ones. Um, I think in Her Majesty's Secret Service is like the the longest, but I'm gonna say this is like the second longest one. But the first like one hundred pages, this was the only Bond book I've seen that's in part one and part two like within the book, you know? Mm-hmm. And part one is literally all about the Russians, like plan to set up this whole thing to like, uh, have Bond fall in love with this girl. And you meet, uh, the home, uh, what's his face, uh, Nash, you know, his, the Russian version, you know, before he goes undercover and they like explore like all of that and they set up everything. And then like they start up Bond story and go from there. But really, like, even that train sequence, all of that, like, that's only the last, like, three chapters of the book. And there's no that's helicopter so scene. crazy. The helicopter scene was added, too. That's an added scene in the whole thing. I feel like, you know, they weren't as... It wasn't at that point yet, I guess, when yeah. he was writing the book. Like, whereas technology... It's like technology advances. You look at Casino mm-hmm. Royale with Daniel Craig, and you're like... Yeah. I think this is in the book technology wise <laughs> yeah sure. yeah exactly yeah so that, that definitely makes sense and it it even ends in a weird spot too like i think some of the biggest differences of course there's that intro um the overall plot is pretty much the same with natasha and all that there's literally lines they pull from the book which i thought was super cool you don't really see that too often and i thought the death gosh what's his name nash uh oh it's I, uh donald grant Donald Grant, Codename yeah. Red. Yeah. He, um, dude, even his intro, same thing as the book, like dead on. I thought it was really cool. Played by um, Robert Shaw. And I got a couple things about him. I'll tell you in a, in a bit. Oh, over. I'm interested. Because uh, he he's a really cool character in the book. He's super he, yeah. cool. He's very um, One of the best, I think, like little hidden Bond villains and, you know, kind of being a double agent and all that tricking Bond. But in the book, Bond doesn't ask for help from M. He says, no, let M make the decision, like, you know, but I'll see this through. And in the movie, he's like, tell M to send someone down here. But yeah, in the book, he even thinks back to himself. He's just like, damn, I should have asked for help. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have just let that go so easily. But also like, you know, you know, he has the suitcase thing because Q gives him the suitcase and that's how he kind of beats Nash. And you're waiting for it the whole time. Cause that's the thing. He, every time Q shows him all the gadgets, Mm-hmm. You know for a fact he's going to use every single one, and a couple of them are going to come in clutch when it's that climactic, I'm captured or in distress or going to lose Bond moment that each film has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, Ed, that was not in the book. <laughs> What's <laughs> interesting in the book <laughs> is that Nash has a, a literal book, and it's like a book gun, <laughs> and he, you like tap on the spine and it shoots. I really want to see that with a movie. Just see a priest <laughs> with the Bible and be like, it's the good book. Bop, Bop. Hail Mary. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> and then like even Bond has to like figure out how to like switch it over and like shoot him with it. And that's how he kills him. Of course. Like, yeah, it, it's oh kind of goofy. It's, it's a little goofy. I'm not. Gonna I lie. just I just thought of a better one. It's when he goes like, can I give a confession, father? You can give it to the Lord yourself. But. <laughs> Terrible. I'm ready to comic about that now. Oh my god! Um, I was just right. It's so good. And then what's her, was it Rosa? Is that the girl's name? Yeah, Rosa. Uh, Rosa Kleb. It is Kleb. Yeah, it's just Rosa. I thought it was Kieb. 
Yeah. So I was, I, was, I was reading the book and when he sees her at the very end, she's like knitting something. And I was like, oh, thank God. They don't do that goofy like foot knife. Like that's so ridiculous. Um, Joke's on you. <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, she's knitting stuff and Bond notices that the tips of her like, I don't know, needles are a different color. And then he's like, man, I'm not even going to play it safe this time. He's like, I know who you are. Like, you're part of Smirsh and all this stuff. And um, yeah, it turns out she is. And then they do have the same fight. Literally, they cut the cool needle things that she tries to – she stabs Bond with and shit. Like, they're, they're poisonous, like, little sewing needles, you know? Those, like, long ones that you – do the thick knitting with and everything are you talking about like crochet yeah crochet crochets yeah 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 oh that's what she has. shit she's using those yeah and just like battles bond for a second but then she does have that goofy foot knife and bond does do the whole chair thing with her okay so that's also in the book <laughs> that's also in the book yeah yeah okay which was interesting that that's like a whole specter thing that yeah. each of them have that and in the, you see the dude do it and he just kind of kicks the dude that he kicks number five in the back and he's like oh oh yeah. poison dude, <laughs> just like kills him. bond in the calf oh she gets and, him like yeah she gets him in the calf and then he like passes out the book ends with bond like passing out like just falling on his back what yeah um what's his name That's and like then it goes M. to goldfinger that what's his name what's his name that mass mats mastis mastis right all right, which which do you talking about? From Casino Royale. Oh, oh, oh. Mathis. 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 I, I was yeah. like, dude. He comes in and like is just like good work, Bond, and just like helps clean up and gets like uh, Rosa out of there and all this stuff, and then Bond like collapses. That's how the story ends. And I guess it just goes into Goldfinger. We'll find out. I mean, what about yeah. uh, what's your wait? What happens to uh, Tatiana in the book? I really don't remember because it, she. they mentioned that Bond's with her and then he goes into that fight and I totally meant to like go back a page and be like, what did I miss? <laughs> they like, just stamp on her, deported, like back yeah, to Russia. Pretty much. They know I'm like, a traitor now, back to Russia. Revealed. But honestly, everything, even the sex scene on tape, like that's all in the book too. This was like, a, it was very well adapted. Oh, nice. However, when I was reading this, and of course I read it before I watch the movie, um, whenever I do this, and I was like, damn, you know, I could see how this is a bit more misogynistic. Like, Bond is kind of more in like, you know, and then I looked at the order of everything. Like, okay, he had his heart broken. And he was a little bit angry. And now he's just like, doesn't really have respect for women and can't really get attached. So he's a dick. But then it starts eating him alive and it starts really hurting him later on. And that's what he, you know, it, like you see his arc and what he's going through. And he's in total like misogynistic, like asshole mode in this one. But dude then i watched the movie and i'm like okay he never slapped her like <laughs> like in the book he just like he got after Flash her interrogation was... technique you, you give the kiss and slap you see you give him the dude, love and the hate at the same like, time whole pages of him being like man like i hope she's telling the truth i just want to you know have the best faith in her but it's so scary like i have to be diligent and i'm gonna watch for any sign to make sure like he's just like on top of it but he's like I want to be, you know, good, but like, and he kind of gets after her and he's like, man, I feel bad that like I made her feel sad and shit. Like he, he has empathy and it's still, you know what I mean? But then Sean Connery is like, whoopa, whoopa. walk it off. <laughs> yes. And I was like, Oh, no wonder people, no wonder bond is known for being misogynistic. Like it's really not so much in the books. They just elevate it so much in these films. It's it's a product of it's just you know things happen. <laughs> things it happen. is. It really <laughs> if is. If it wasn't okay. Sean Connery I'd probably be like, you know what's pretty fucked up like Sean Connery like, you know there's it's Sean Connery, you know, shit, you know. Yeah. You know, it just ha- it, it just sometimes happens. It's It's one of those things like it, Like I said, I've said it before, like Daniel Craig's my favorite bomb because of how just like of what a gentleman i guess should be compared to like yeah. what you see in this one you're just like for fuck's sake but that's also like right after the whole you know we had the 50s where it's like oh a good old american housewife is in the house and you're like oh fuck mm-hmm. okay great i mean we talked yeah. i think we talked about that in um i forget which movie we were talking about it was probably oh, it's a wonderful life maybe or something but uh or maybe it was white christmas but it might might have been I think it Some, was like I, Christmas, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. But that's still, yeah. We, we see like a whole bunch of different shit in this one, especially also the the woman count in this one is also high if you count like the two women battling for the, to get the husband. You have, I don't know if you even count the belly dancer. You have the girl at the beginning. Yeah. 
like there there's a lot in this one it's kind of crazy this honestly. is when they're really just like seeing what worked for bond and what people were attracted to and just like zoned in on that they're like okay secret agent evil villain lots of girls gadgets. no consequences yet i will yeah. say no consequences yet we haven't gotten to that like the first time we've seen consequences was with tracy and that was like the worst case scenario in a heart yeah. on her majesty's secret service and then like you know again with vesper and then to a lesser extent in like uh golden gun uh, live and let die like those two yeah. had like a not as bad but i'm just gonna say like when we you know the future films we're gonna get into just get you're like oh <laughs> james bond is the reason why all these women are dead okay great so that, that that's like something on the horizon too. Like this is the nice like everyone's getting off scot free so far. It mm -hmm. seems like unless like you're a dude, but if you're a woman, it's like oh you're okay for now. Unless you have a fucking knife in your shoe and you're trying to kill him, like that's a different situation, I guess you could say. Which the knife apparently is actually something that was used by the KGB. Oh really? And re yeah, that that's nice. a real thing. So that was another little fun fact there. But one thing I thought that was interesting was you, you said it before the smirch smirch yeah and in, in the book is it just smirch or is there specter no uh actually the device is called spector like with it has a k in it um the device and, yeah that he's still what about the organization though the it's organization just... is smirch but the film when they were writing it out they're like, this is goofy as shit. Um, we're gonna I wonder why. We're going to call it yeah. Spectre. And Which then... makes it, because you were telling me, you're like, oh, it's Smirsh. And I'm like, because we, we said it in Casino Royale in the spoof one. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I literally thought Smirsh was a spoof name. Because I'm like, oh, Spectre, Smirsh. You know, Smirsh sounds like a stupid, like, parody name for Spectre. And then you're like, no, it's real. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? Ian Fleming, what are you doing? But, mm -hmm. you know in this movie you learn everything you're like dr no is part of specter yeah uh rose is part of specter they're all from blofeld who's part of specter and you learn smirsh is also an organization but it is a subgroup within the russian government and it's yeah. like a russian spy group yeah it's not necessarily kgb but something else and they're like oh yeah smirsh is basically being puppeteered by specter and that was all very interesting. And the only person that was like, I think Tatiana was part of Smirsh. Whereas uh -huh. like, you know, you look at uh, Donald Grant, he was part of Spectre. And Rosa Klebb was originally part of Smirsh and then defected to Spectre. So that was like a whole interesting thing there that kind of revealed everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got it all down now. I get it. Yeah. And yeah, you that's... see Spectre in Honor Majesty. You've seen it in Dr. No and now this film. Mm -hmm. And... I guess this would be the only film then that would have Smirsh because with the Russian, like this was the Russian movie and it's I done. Would say so. so I think that was kind of like one and done, it's over. And that means we only get it in from Russian with Love and the parody movie yeah. on, her Majesty, uh, on a Casino Royale. So very interesting there. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm so glad they changed the name of this film too. Like I'm glad yeah. that this is where they made the switch. It's, I don't, and it's so cool how they got the name from the device, like Spectre. Spectre. Yes. Yeah. And I, I just they just changed the spelling. They just, I mean, they make it a C instead of a K, which is probably better. Everything's cooler with a K. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the cool part. We're finally establishing like familiar, like the roots of the cinematic version of Bond, you know? Like it's crazy how how different and how much they contrast between the source material and the films like even to like the big organization name they're just like making edits to it and it's it's such a strong move that they made dude they have a movie called specter now like how that's how brilliant it was you know they, they like ian fleming had the right idea he just had to like switch some stuff around yeah yeah I mean, that's what i like about these movies like when you always think about well i guess to an extent I guess you would say you look at a lot of the book to film adaptations and for the vast majority, a lot of the times, you know, the film falls short from the book for one, yeah. maybe the budget, you know, the book has unlimited budget. It's the imagination. You just have to read it and then you can all make it appear in your head versus a film. 
you go, let's do this thing from the book. And then the exec goes, are you insane? You know how much that would cost or we don't have the technology for that yet. You're insane. So a lot of the time you're very limited from what the film will actually do compared to the book, not to mention how much content is in the book versus the movie. So the movies usually cut up a bunch. And for the most part, the James Bond films, apart from the, you know, Connery to another extent, Roger Moore, like misogyny, yeah, do a really good job of that adaptation, like a- adapting the film, the books. And for you, like, what would you say you so, so far prefer? Do you prefer the, the novels or the films? from like these different things. Oh, 100% the books. <laughs> I'm not oh, going to lie. <laughs> I'm not, what about um, Casino Royale? That's like what what's, you know, uh, what's cool about Casino Royale and I remember saying it too is that like the book is really good and the book is awesome. But what they do with the you know how I'm, I'm always saying like you know they're elevating the sexism, they're uh elevating this and this. But what they do in Casino Royale, they elevate the stakes they elevate um certain like climax moments and severities and that's what makes it so much more gripping and powerful uh but it's like man it's accurate to the book that one's like super they just like get scenes and be like how can we just make this better and for it being his first book and them still cranking it up and but being honest to that book yeah man that's just it's one of those cool like, if you get this, you're going to love this and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, you'll dig it. You'll see what they did and you'll appreciate it more. It's it's not like with these ones where it's like, okay, the the phone call, you know, when, when Sean Connery's, you know, phoned in for this mission and everything and he's with that girl in the very beginning. Like, that's an added scene. Like, him smacking uh, Natalia, that's an added, like, type of tidbit. You know what I mean? And then, but then they take away, like, a cool fight scene in a sense. But then they Karen's give us Young is like, what if you hit her? <laughs> yeah like i mean but then they give you the cool helicopter scene and everything which is dope but uh, it's just i guess it again it comes down to the the genre or not the genre the era of bond that we're talking about okay and you know of course not every movie has a book to it so yeah i mean what's better the book for quantum of solace or the movie right exactly i rest my case the (laughs) movies are (laughs) yeah where's the golden eye book huh like let's see that but we I, I may think... we looked at the house and said where, where there's a script in this yes yeah exactly <laughs> sean bain's like what are you guys doing got it we know everything we're doing already it's gonna be great <laughs> i think you know once i once we get through a lot of this and i take a break from bond for a bit i'm gonna be really excited to read them in order and kind of see what i think and maybe now when you say watch... take a break like are we saying like in between february and june or like oh i mean when we're done (laughs) okay so in two two years or so okay i'll reread them in like five years or something you know all right yeah maybe by then i'll have read them i think maybe there's a chance yeah i mean maybe we get to have an episode just maybe i could get past my comics that are all the way back from december 8th it's currently december 29th and i just got another week's worth so we'll see how that goes i feel you there for sure i did want to mention or sorry we're gonna say Oh, no, no, go on, go on. I wanted to mention something that isn't necessarily fully related, but in the very beginning, like that intro scene during the mm-hmm. night, the night hunt, um, you have, what's his face? Shit, I just forgot his name. Uh, Ronald, Donald Grant. Yeah. He's hunting what looks like Sean Connery, and it's like that double, which was really cool just because, yeah. you know, you watch Dr. No, and they know who Bond is when you watch Dr. No. Uh-huh. But not too much. They're just kind of like, oh, an agent's here. It's this guy. And they're just prepared for him because they know he's there to fuck their shit up. Compared to, you're looking at From Russia With Love, and specifically, this one is built to be like, this Bond guy's a threat, and we need to get this thing, but we know they're going to send him. Let's orchestrate it and shape it around him com- like completely to the point where you yeah. have, you know, Donald literally hunting for him yeah like yeah which is insane that they put that much uh focus on a single agent in a time of global cold war so that that's like such an interesting standpoint but besides that there, there's well, at one point where is it 
Well, okay, so the point behind that part was, and I think it was also because it was filmed out of order, so when they rearranged it, it came out like a little wonky. But yeah. their whole point was that they wanted to um, just, like, give a good, you know, fuck you to uh, the British Secret Service, you know what I mean? Just, like, yeah. you know, punch them in the gut. And then they were creating an idea, and they're like, well, how do we know who it's going to affect? They're like, they're going to have to send one of their uh, best agents. And for cases like this, they send this guy named James Bond. And so, like that's why they got the position to focus to be like, okay, if they're going to send this guy for this type of mission, we got to curate it to like fit and, you know, seduce him and make him fall in love and make him weak and all that type of stuff. And they did a good job of it. I mean, like they had it to the point where they only didn't account for literally Q. True. Hey, that's very true. That's very true in the movie for sure. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and especially um, in the movie, because in the book, you know, they couldn't account for him because he didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so. And in the book, they kind of have, they have Bond, like he's, he is screwed, you know, like yeah. he has to fake being dead for a moment and then find the perfect time. Like they drag his body out and he has to like play dead. And then they, then he has to find a moment where he gets the book gun and <laughs> figures out how to use it in like half a second. One funny thing though about it, which is actually kind of unrelated, but uh, when they're doing the hunt, I believe it's uh, Donald's or him or Sean step on the branch and you hear the branch break. Yeah. In the beginning there. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. There's a game called Hunt Showdown. Oh, no. It's like a battle royale type game, but it's not. It's like three. It's like multiple teams of three, maybe mm-hmm. like four or five of them in a Bayou themed map. It's like 1800s Bayou but everyone's infected with stuff. So there's all these zombie people around and everything else, but there's bounties for these monsters that everyone hunts for. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to basically fight all these random enemies in the map while also watching out and fighting these other teams, potentially of other people while going for these really big monsters that give you these special bounties. And it's a very sound oriented game in terms of like, Oh, there's crows you can alert and all these other things and other players can hear it. But there's an actual thing where you can actually watch out for branches. And if you step on one, you, it makes a really big, like branch break sound that everyone, like people, if they're nearby, they can hear it. It'll alert your position. So I'd been playing that recently and I hear the branch break and I'm like, Oh fuck. So I start looking around cause I was still in the fucking PTSD of the game. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like it's oh such a, gosh. it's nerve wracking. Like it affected me where I was like, Oh, gee, this was not, I wish it had the exact same, like, generic branch break sound too i was just like fuck of course that would be there you know speaking of like the sounds that was a big aspect of this movie um the the sound effects going on the trains like everything like that was hard stuff to capture back then oh i bet utilize and edit and put into a film properly like but they they focused heavily on some of the noises like that branch break and all that type of stuff it's super cool that you're so attentive on that because that was a very meaningful like on purpose type of item that they were just like, this was a transformative thing for, for this kind of movie. And it's, it's something I feel like people, we don't talk about it. People don't talk about it in general, but it's like sound in general. Always like, I mean, I'm a sound designer, but everyone forgets sounds like half of the film. And mm-hmm. it's always interesting looking at bad sound versus bad film, because yeah. if a sound, if, it, if something is good on the look of the film, yeah. It's noticeable because you're watching it right in front of you. Great sound is sound usually that you don't notice because it feels so natural. You don't know you're listening to great sound because you think it's just normal. Mm-hmm. That's very true. So that's a whole thing there. And then every now and again, like even for me, like I'm just I hear certain things. And I'm like, oh, they, you know, they did a good job. They made sure to keep people out captivated. Um, and there's a movie I would say like that always takes me out of it a bit. But we're, you know, it's not something we even have on our list. It's not even close. But uh, you ever watched The Arrival with no, uh, Amy Adams? No, I wanted to watch that, though. It's re- It's got really good sound mixing specifically just because at a certain point, it's really weird. I'm like watching this movie and there's a part where she's just turning the pages of like a book. Mm-hmm. And it's so audible that I literally stopped watching the movie and I closed my eyes because I was just enjoying it so, so much. Like it was, oh, it wow. sounded so, they mixed it well enough where the effect of that was high enough where it almost felt like an ASMR type thing. Practically. It, it was huh. just so freaking nice. 
Yeah. So that was like exceptional, which I think they did that year uh, give the award to best mixing to the arrival, I want to say, or some people did in certain circumstances, but that's super cool. That's like one of those things that, you know, the more you learn about certain crafts, like, you know what to look out for. Um, I mean, I guess like how I understand that is the same way. Like I know when animators do stuff, yeah. they, they always say like, Hey, what if you ever make a mistake, make it anywhere but the eyes like because the audience is always going to follow the eyes like if you can mess up anything else and make any other mistakes in on the figure but if you mess up the eyes it's going to be noticeable and ever since then i kind of just follow the eyes of stuff and i'm like i just naturally kind of go to that and i'm like yeah you it's like a magician thing you know whenever you a magician looks in certain directions because he knows the audiences are watching his eyes so that's part of the misdirection behind everything because you just that is very true Mm -hmm. it's like in batman the animated series you're looking at the whites of his non-existent eyes and you're like wow yeah exactly that's like what you're attracted to and there could be a fucking error on a bat logo and you might not even notice because you're just fixated it's a giant on it. dick on there and you're like what yeah. would we i didn't see a dick it's fight club you know what i mean it's a split second the fucking <laughs> it's not there but even though it's only ready for a second everyone knows what mm-hmm. they saw you show the yeah, kid just yeah. like ah! <laughs> such a good scene flat like call back to our very first our pilot episode right so good. So fucking that's such good. a good first episode Fuck yeah. that was great All right. um, um but I was going to say, uh, I, I know we're, we're getting close to wrapping it up, but did you ever play the video game? From Russia? No, I did not. not I only played either. Goldeneye, and then I want to say Nightfire, which was like a weird, like from, I, it was probably one of the top three biggest bot, like there have been plenty of Bond games, but I want to say they were like, it was like a top three of Bond games, and it was Goldeneye, I want to say Nightfire, because it felt like a spiritual successor on PS2, and it had like a bunch of different villains and stuff, different guns. So it's kind of like greatest hits and it was nice. very multiplayer oriented and it's supposed nice. to be really good. Like if you never, I would, there's a chance it would be more of a, um, you know, golden eye was a, it didn't age at all. Well, it's not like wine. It was like, there was an expiration date on it and yeah. it expired and you tried it and then you need food poisoning and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, night fire might have a better chance. It could be like a wine where you could try it and come back to it. Cause it, it maybe doesn't have the same issues. I could be wrong. I have no idea. Mm. But it was also multiplayer oriented. From Russia with Love was, I believe, only single player. And yeah. they did make a big deal out of it because I believe they brought Connery in they to did. do the vocal work they, for Bond. And that was his like video game debut too. Yeah. And yeah. It, they didn't really do that for any other game. Not for, I mean, like getting the voice actor in, but just like, focusing on that campaign like golden i guess you could say had it but you know no one cares about the, no one give yeah, a fuck about the nobody, campaign yeah nobody did. uh nightfire they knew what they wanted from that they knew they wanted the golden eye experience with it and that's why it was only multiplayer and or like specific missions whereas from russia they tried really hard to do this i personally didn't have much of an interest at that point i was kind of already exiting like I kind of shelved Bond for the most part. Yeah, I was more. I think that's where I was at too. I was, yeah. wasn't the right. I wasn't in the mood at that time. You know, like it didn't. It, the timing was off for me. But then I saw it years later, and I was like, "Damn, I wish I would have played that at some point." And now I'm like, "Fuck, I wish I would have played that." Like, you gotta, you gotta hope and pray that the uh, PlayStation actually does their crazy PlayStation Plus PlayStation Now plan, where they're gonna put all the old PS1, PS2 games on there. <laughs> And yeah. PS3 games because that would be a great addition. I don't know where it's playable because I don't even know if that came on Xbox or GameCube or not. It was, um, I, I want to say it was Xbox and PS2 like original. Oh, then there there could be a slight but very slim chance it could be backwards compatible. Then if you got an Xbox copy, I don't quote me on that. But if it was maybe you or Sam that was saying the reason why stuff is on this, that Game Pass said it's done adding games. You know, like uh, that was me. Uh, that was you, and then you're saying that. Um, be due to the reason why certain games aren't on there are because like a lot of them like they just don't own the rights or like the yeah, license a lot of licensing right issues yeah just like certain games uh if you look at tony hawk when they did pro skater one and two they had a lot of issues trying to get the licenses for all the music back again that was yeah. the biggest thing they had to like work on the music i and think they had to get, get different tunes for spider-man suit back or anything either you know like, yeah that's, that, that's... yes yeah. so there's a lot of issues with that kind of thing Especially considering, like, you know, you don't see 
back then Activision could do anything they wanted with Spider-Man. They had the rights at the time, whereas mm-hmm. now, you know, you see Sony and Marvel doing it instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And so, I mean, that would be cool. That's what I'm kind of hoping for with some stuff. And it's just like, dang, if they couldn't get it on Xbox and maybe PlayStation will have a better chance or maybe they still hold certain things with, you know, certain or contracts. maybe there, there could be an emulator on PC or somewhere. I don't know. Maybe oh, it came yeah. out on PC. I don't know. If it did, then maybe there's a chance you could play it somewhere like that. Did you ever get to check out, I don't know if it's called like leg, like Legacy or Legends, but you got to play as like almost all the Bonds or something? I remember hearing about that. I never touched it. I don't know anything about it. Me either. It's another one. The, the yeah. Games like this make me want to hunt down. like an Each one had a piece. special power, though. I think Connery's was the slap attack, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I could be wrong. He grabs a girl and he gets a slap. Ah, yeah. It's like, that's not even the enemy. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we had the proper discipline they needed to get through the daily regimen. It's so terrible. Horrible. Horrible. I don't condone any of this, by the way. I just fucking love sounding like Sean Connery. Just like I, you've heard of my other voices before. I feel like this is my least favorite Connery one. So oh, far. man. That's a. That's What's a, the one that he comes out and he's on the jetpack? Where, where, where was the jetpack? What, what movie is that? Ooh, that I don't remember. That might have been Thunderball, maybe. I think that maybe Thunderball wrong. might be my Thunderball favorite. was actually my favorite one because it had the dopest underwater fight. Yeah. It had like a crazy underwater battle. So like you literally had divers stabbing each other and I'm like, <gasps> holy so shit. I know, it's so goofy. It's, it's so, it's ridiculous. And you're just watching them and you're like, why don't they just stay on the plane and shoot them as they fell in? Like, what? <laughs> whatever it, it's a very that. interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, movie for sure um i think that's the one that we're gonna cover that in february actually mm-hmm. but that's uh i think where we do see blowfell for the first time that's the one where he's petting his kind of oh, like bond he's, he's yeah. just being the inspector gadget villain yeah fucking which i mean now you, you that's pretty much where the inspector gadget villain dr claw yeah came from like it's yeah. such an iconic thing that you see that with so many things in the future yeah which actually when i said codename kids next door they actually have some bond references all the way from the uh, oh yeah roger moore era specifically with some of the villains there and it took me forever to realize it and i'm like bruh i think i watched the bond movie after with it and i looked at them and i'm like why do they have the, ki- the villains from codename kids next door and i'm like oh fuck i get it now oh <laughs> so, so good such an interesting so concept there good. yeah I did want to say, or sorry, I had a couple more. No, no, yeah, let's hear it out. Yeah, I was going to say, what else do you have? Uh, What I loved, okay, there was a couple scenes that were very interesting. One was the the listening conversation. This is just more of just like, this is where they had great humor, but it's so subtle. You just had to, you have to know because it's not jokes, but you know, you have Bond on the phone and he, she's in the background trying to still like talk to him. And she's like, oh, no, no, Bond's not on the phone. They're listening on Bond's conversation with her. And she's like, oh, James, why don't we do yeah. this now? And he's like, They're no, no. and everything because he had to get that to headquarters to get validation. Yeah. And all those women, all, all the women, all the men are in there and M and Money Penny, And they're all listening to this. And like a couple dudes you can see, like, give a couple smirks here and there. <laughs> and they're all listening. And then the minute Bond's like, there's a girl in Tokyo. And she, M it turns him, it off. It, it was him. And he was like, oh, there was that time M and I went to Tokyo and these women. <laughs> and then uh, he was like, it was like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Yeah, let's get out of here. Money Penny, He's please like, get out of here. If you want to if you want to go to the other room, Money Penny, she leaves. He just waits for her to leave, turns it back on, and they're all listening. Money Penny's in there listening on her own. And he's like, Money Penny, I know you're listening. <laughs> like, all of it's great. It's just because, like, oh, the wind left. Quick, back to it. I want to hear what happens next. Yes. Exactly. That, that was, one, that of was so one of my favorite jokes. Good. Yeah, that was that was very well written because that's just such a ridiculous thing. You're thinking like, dude, that was 1963, and they knew people would crack up mm-hmm. about that in an action espionage film, which is really great. Um, the other thing is, dude, the puns. That's what you gotta love about Connor. He makes you smile because of those puns. Like the yeah. first one when. Yeah. Uh, the Bulgarian leader is like climbing out of the mouth of that woman and uh, he gets killed and Bond's just like she should have kept her mouth shut because like <laughs> then he wouldn't have gotten shot and died <laughs> and then the other oh. um, when Rosa dies he's like she had a kicks <laughs> yes oh my god so, so fucking good 
Oh my god, those are you can't make that up. Like no, you really can't. It's just one of those things. Like it makes you wonder because did anyone do that before Bond? But in the eighties, we get Schwarzenegger, and you're mm-hmm. thinking like, did Schwarzenegger probably watch the Connery movies and go, oh? One-liner puns seem really fucking cool. I'm going to use that in all of my movies. Like, stick around. <laughs> Chill out. I just, I just picture him, like, in the same, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, like, meme, where he's, like, pointing at the TV, but Schwarzenegger all buff and, like... Look at that. Look at that right there. I want to use it. It, it is funny. People ah, laugh at it. I, ah, I want that, it. That is what I must do. That is it. It's like, uh, you ever watch uh, Command? I think it was Commando? Yeah. Where it's like he gets Sully and he throws him off the cliff and he's like, where's Sully? Oh, I let him go. <laughs> this is so fucking good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I do love that. That action films like these from both, con- like James Bond, Schwarzenegger, these action films have such good, really bad humor that works because you're either mm-hmm. putting your palm on your face or you just are smiling and laughing going like it's so fucking it's genius it's so fucking good you can't yeah. you can't make it up yeah yeah no definitely yeah definitely has some good like golden moments where you're just you you, you have to appreciate it and it's one of those legendary films that like i mean it's not my favorite it's not to say i didn't enjoy it either you know i see everything that's wrong with it <laughs> I mean, That's in terms of the pacing, it, it, it did throw me off because I remember, I, you know, it's been forever since I watched it. I want to say I watched all of them. I could be wrong. I, I think Blockbuster was still around when I was mm-hmm. going through them all. I might have oh, been yes. doing the like, oh, they were doing the same thing as Netflix where you do the mail-in oh, yeah, DVD. Yeah. You take it, you return it to Blockbuster and get another DVD while you're there in the store. Mm-hmm. And so I do that with the Bond movies for a bit when I was running through them all. And, uh, yeah, that's what I did. But, like, I remember watching it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're on the train, and she's with them the whole time. And then I watch it now, and I'm like, dude, it's been an hour, and they haven't even met yet. I did not know. I don't remember it being like this. Like, I thought it was a little bit different. But, no, it's it just goes to show, like, when you really get your memory revamped by this, how different it actually is to yeah. what you remember it to be. Or, like, how many years ago it was, or how mm-hmm. much younger you were when you watched it. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, man, I had to have seen this one as a kid at some point because it did feel familiar when I first watched it last year. And this one, it was just... I didn't realize that this was that movie until I started watching it. And I, I got it mixed up with another one. But I'm excited to see the Sean Connery films that I haven't seen yet, like Goldfinger. I mean, we got, what, like four or five more to go, technically? Yeah. Yeah, we still have a so lot we, of yeah we got stuff. a ways to go. These are just the first few, um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We're about to hit probably the next two or the more iconic mm-hmm. ones. That's why. Besides these, like I mean, Doctor No is very iconic just for Ursula yeah. alone. Yeah, uh, poor Coral, rest in peace. But like, so fucked up. Goldfinger, yeah, Goldfinger is probably the most well known. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna see a lot in that, and it's chock full of literally everything this is where this was the last movie where you're kind of getting a relative normal and then you're going to get introduced to like fucking like villain that has a shtick yeah 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 and you're gonna be like what the fuck was that was that real and it's like yeah this this is bondville now this is what this is what it means man this This is is what you've been waiting for this is the defined bond villain after that point i could see that i I think what the funny thing too is we haven't seen that really yet. Mm-mm. Somehow we've avoided all of it because Doctor only... No has the name. Doctor No has the name. It you know, and the island. But I mean, that's like kind of a rooted type of thing, you know. Like, yeah, from Russia with Love crazy. is still grounded on Her Majesty. Still, it's just nothing really there too much. Um, Live and Let Die is the voodoo stuff, but there's nothing mm-hmm. like notable about that and. I'd say only the man with the golden gun purely for the golden gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, otherwise. Gun. And then Casino Royale, you could say Lashif chief because of the bleeding, uh, the, the cry, the blood tears, yeah. but you're about to get like we in none of them. Like Roger Moore has a whole, he has his own set of wacky, crazy villains that we haven't even seen. And same with Connery. And you're going to get all of them next year. And it's going to be very interesting how much of a shift that is where you're like, 
did you see that guy? Did you see what he did with mm-hmm. what he had? And you're going to be like, I didn't know you could do that, but they pulled it off. It seemed yeah. very interesting. That's very true. Huh? Yeah. It'll be fun. I'm super hyped for that. And that'll be in a month. And oh, man, if you guys want to see what's in, in store for this entire 2022, check out our short little episode that comes out right after this. And we'll break down some, you know, choices and what made the cut and kind of some quick whys and our, our, our whole goal for next year. So I'm uh, lots, lots, lots in store. Yeah, very much so. It's going to be a great time guys. And uh, we'll see how different it'll be too. Like mm-hmm. we, we're just going to try to see if we can not, ne- not change up that much, but more so um, get more meaning behind certain things yeah. in the movies. More juice out of say. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. Brandon, where can people find you? Check out Apollo City Comics on all podcast platforms, on YouTube, on Instagram, and we have some cool TikTok things starting up uh, every day um, starting the in the new year. So keep an eye on our Instagram and our TikTok page. Sounds good. And of course, you're already uh, on Sutra Side Talk right now, but make sure you check out our weekly show where we talk about everything gaming, movies, and television. And starting in 2022 with episode 132, we will be on YouTube fully there uh we don't know how it's gonna be (laughs) this is fully experimental this will be the first time trying this i got a bunch of changes i got to do in order for this to happen um but you'll actually have video which will be very interesting and we still have the cut of steel and up to it down to it coming back uh cut of steel next episode we'll finally get it done but we will finally have birds of prey i want to get this out before the batman movie comes out for the love of god uh and then up to it down to it i think our next one when we get a chance to do it is going to be about the original halo trilogy uh from bungie so that'll be a fun conversation uh but those will come sometime in january for sure uh with that said though you know follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at sutra side talk and check us out on youtube soon we'll be there very very soon until then have a happy new year have some champagne Make a toast to Bond. Make a toast to... Be like, oh, you know, these guys were great. I was so happy to listen to them. And uh, enjoy all these movie facts and opinions and whatnot. Yeah. This was actually a chock full episode full of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, there's suicides and fucking angry legs and shit. You didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. Mm. (laughs) No one expected that. Spin the facts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, As weird as they are. Yeah. Happy New Year. Way to close out the year. 27 episodes in 12 months. Um, This all started about a year ago around this time where you and I met up and kind of put everything pen to paper and kickstarted this whole thing. So yep, um, this next year is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, a whole, new, a whole new season, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like this was, I, I think I put it in like, whereas um, I put year for sutra side talk for sutra side watch i put volume so this is the end of volume one yep and january is the start and number 28 will be the start of volume two so that'll be really fun but yeah happy new year everybody we will see you all in 2022 see you